Welcome back, everybody, to All Met Sports Talk here with Coach Sherm. Uh, missed you guys over the last few weeks. Been a crazy, crazy few weeks. Uh, but I'm really excited about our guest tonight. Uh, and before I get to him, uh, just a reminder to follow us on social media, on Facebook and Instagram. You can find us at uh, under All Met Sports Talk. On Twitter, the handle is at All Met Talk. And as always, you can email us allmetsportstalk at gmail.com. Big thanks as always to Preston Suggs for the music, the intro and outro music. He does a great job with that. You can find him on Instagram at King P Suggs. All right. So without further ado, going to jump right into it. A former Maryland Terrapin and current uh, Franklin High School teacher and coach, uh, Mr. Mark Agent. How you doing today, sir? I'm doing fine, Sherman. Thanks for having me on, brother. Yeah. Thank you. Thanks for joining. And we were joking a little bit before we got started about your voice. You're already in mid-season form. You're only in about, about week three or f- this week four coming up? Uh, yep, this is week four. Okay. Uh, remember, we had two two weeks of scrimmaging, about three weeks of practice. So it's been a whole lot of hooping and hollering and yeah, yeah barking instructions and yelling out cadences and all that. So, <laughs> I, But to be honest, I think where I lost my voice was from Franklin Fifth Ed class, yelling over the music in the gym from my ninth grade. Uh, phys ed classes doing badminton and volleyball so oh. that's really where I probably lost my voice but okay other than that, though, don't get me started all right well my, my well, wife thank you for having me on tonight yeah I, I really appreciate you joining and we have a, a good mutual friend uh Mr. Don Carpenter who hooked us up so big thanks to him for for making this happen so um uh, yeah <laughs> I throw the hooks up you know I, I know I know that's your that's your, that's your <laughs> frat brother yeah <laughs> And my wife can, uh, she can uh, sympathize and empathize with you on the lost voice. She did not have a voice last weekend. Um, she's a phys ed teacher as well now. So she was, uh, you know, she's, she's getting it back slowly. I, I told her she'll be all right in a, in a few weeks. So uh, but... my deepest sympathy. I understand. <laughs> <laughs> so let's talk about you, uh, your, your early life where you grew up. Uh, let's talk about that. Hey, well, for me, man, easy stuff. Uh, I grew up here in Baltimore, man. Okay. Uh, grew up over by um, Sinai Hospital, Garrison Avenue, Park Heights, Belvedere, always say. Yeah. My old stomping grounds. Uh, playing video games at Bailey's and riding my bike up to the grocery store. You know, uh, if I could tell a funny story. Uh, you tell as many as you'd like. Growing up, man, uh, they used to call me White Boy Mark. <laughs> uh, when I was growing up, because you know I'm you know mixed race, whatever. But I have black hair. Where I always say, been nothing but black in this country from day one. And always a hundred percent of the time. Yeah. Oh, so, and uh, and uh, not to cut you off, I am I am as good? well. Yeah, I'm. I'm oh, yeah, I'm, same thing. Yep. <laughs> and so for me, uh, fast forward to like forty years after these 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 days, I'm fifty three now. And years ago, maybe about eight ten years ago, my son's godmother, you know, she remarries moves on or whatever and I meet the new the new dude and he goes asking me where I grew up and all this kind of stuff and then all of a sudden he gets in and he goes yeah I, I got some people that grew up where you grew up I, I, they tell stories about a guy named White Boy Mark <laughs> they're not calling him that to his face or he'll stomp you in the ground I say yo that's me <laughs> I said I can't believe they're still telling these stories 40 years later but I said that's me I yeah said, no doubt I said, as soon as I heard that, I knew you wanted to hurt me. Yeah. So I, I would take the fight to you. I'm sorry to say it, but <laughs> back in them days, yeah, if you said that to me, oh yeah, you were gonna get a whole other side of Mark Agent. So wow. growing up in them days, it, it, it really got me uh, 
and I always say, like, when I went to University of Maryland, the dudes from Baltimore got a different edge to them. Mm-hmm. You know, these other dudes from PG County, Virginia, Pennsylvania, they may be higher-rated recruits, mm-hmm. but they definitely got the toughness of dudes from Baltimore. And that's just how we grew up. Yeah. You know, like, for me, same thing. Just growing up, you know, having to fight my way through life. That's all. You know? Yeah, yeah. That's my story. You know? So where'd you, where'd you go to high school? I went to Gilman. So that's oh, the point nice. I say I'm talking about. I'm, I'm, I'm fighting all my life. People calling me white boy Mark and I here fighting at Garrison Avenue and in Park Ice and all that. And then I go to Gilman, a private school. <laughs> <laughs> they took me out of Pimlico uh, Elementary School. Okay. Came and took a placement test and I ended up uh, qualifying for Gilman. I uh, went on like 90% financial aid. Didn't get my degree till like my diploma, I should say, until like four years after I graduated because my parents still owe money. I was on like 90% financial aid, but they couldn't afford even the 10%. Yeah. And so uh, I literally worked as a a janitor, a weight room manager, a camp counselor at the rate of $1.25 an hour for over three summers at Gilman to pay off my my debt so I could actually get my diploma. So to this day, that diploma sits in the tube. It's not on my wall. Because I hate to say it, I still got like a bad taste over that, man. Like, that, I, you know, you know, technically you can make the argument I earned it, but I go, you know, that kind of summarizes part of my experience. I had a great athletic experience. You know? mm-hmm. But uh, my class of 85, Sharon, they still tell stories to this day uh, to the uh, our brothers that go to Gilman. But they go like, man, y'all think y'all dealing with racism? Y'all think y'all dealing with some stuff around here? You better ask the class of 85 because up until that time, Gilman had only had like maybe most graduating classes, like two, maybe three brothers. For our class, we had 14 of us out of a class of 104. And that was unheard of. Wow. And we caught holy hell from that faculty. A lot of people around there, man, that They'll smile around in public, but when they pull you in there, and, and you know, it goes, when you come in that office for a private conversation, mm-hmm. or they'll tell you everything that's really on their mind and their heart. I don't know how many times I had somebody point a finger and go, I'm going to get your black ass out of here. That's real talk. I hate to do that. Wow. I love God. Like I said, I love my old coaches. Yeah. That's real. I got to yeah. tell I got to tell my truth. Yeah. And too many times, man, of like, yeah, of getting them talks. I ain't going to say no names. But just from people that worked at Gilman, if some of that disturbing stuff that comes out now about uh, sexual abuse stuff, some yeah. other stories that's been coming out in the Baltimore Sun, that's really disturbing. But I can speak on this on us mm-hmm. as like I, I'm, I'm gonna say like this, Sherman, myself, and uh, a few of my buddies just recently, we were like, dude, we ain't seen each other in a while, man. And they talking about some class reunion. I ain't trying to go to that. Mm-hmm. Like, obviously, our experience was was a bad one, so. We were like, they're having a bull roast. Why don't we meet up there mm. for the bull roast? That's going to be our version of our class reunion. And for us to actually step foot up in a Gilman event, it had been like almost 30 years since we had done something like that. Wow. And, for, and when we showed up, people were like, oh, my God, I can't believe. But unfortunately, you know, when you had such a negative experience in a lot of ways and people that have treated you unfairly, mm. and I, you know, it, it's just, don't get me started, but I yeah. go yeah, I got to tell my honest truth of yeah, that was a rough experience, man. You yeah, know, so yeah. when I talk about uh, growing up on Garrison Avenue, and I say this to people all the time, uh, the best way I can put it to you is I was a nigga, I was a nigga at Gilman, and I was white boy Mark in my neighborhood. Wow. 
So everywhere I go, I got yeah. nothing but hatred. Yeah. Venom being spit at me at all times. Yeah. Yeah. So I, so for me, I just grew up as a dude that as soon as I felt that negativity, I'm going to punch you in the mouth. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> I felt that, that a lot. Funny. Yeah. I, I can definitely sympathize with that. What I mean, I graduated high school in 95, so I was 10 years yeah, ten years behind you, but I um, it, and I went to Catonsville. It was yeah, <laughs> that's all right. You good? Yeah, and I went to Catonsville, but it was you know very similar. It's um, and it wasn't a lot of mixed kids. I mean, it was me and my brother, and maybe a couple other in the school. I mean, but it definitely it was definitely nothing like your situation. But as far as comparing the well, where do you really fit in? Because you you know, one size sees you as white, one size sees you as black. Not really. Yeah. Right. Yeah. Yeah. Right. Yeah. You know, I definitely understand. Yeah. You know? And, and Gil- Gilman's done a lot, I, you know, at least lately I've seen where they've, um, actually I've been really surprised at how forward they've been with, um, trying to do, have their players do more community service, like on MLK day and, and like really black history month, they've really done a, a better mm-hmm. job of, you know, they're actually one of the leaders as far as publicly. I don't I don't know anything about being in the school, but publicly, at least public perception of trying to be better about race relations. Right. Well, and I'm not sure I, if you know that. I don't know. I'm just I sincerely. Yeah. yeah. Like I said, class of 85. Phew, yeah, I, I can honestly say out of those 14, there's probably one that would say, oh, I love my human experience. Probably wow. one. Now, the do you, rest of us, I guarantee, would say, nah, man. There was a lot of negativity to that. Yeah, yeah. And do you all, all keep in touch now? Yeah, we do. A lot of us do, yeah. yeah. I talk to a lot of them dudes. My boys, Eddie Roseman, Rory Muhammad. He was Rory Holly back then. A mm-hmm. bunch of us, we stay in touch. That's Same thing good. with a lot of my white friends from that, too. Don't sure. get me wrong. I mean, sure. there's plenty of good people, too. Don't get me wrong. But this is where I always just go, man. Like, that whole experience, it molded all of us. It taught us real quick. Mm-hmm. The real America, mm-hmm. privilege, racism, you know, uh, the whole uh, hierarchy of class, all that. Yeah, and rich, poor. You know, you coming? I'm coming out Garrison Avenue, man. I got roaches and rats, and you know, I'm coming out of a tiny little two bedroom apartment with matted down carpet. And then when I go over and see one, go over one of my white friends, I was gonna be like, "Wow, yeah. I know people live like this." <laughs> <laughs> oh my good lord! Like, oh man, like. I remember when LeBron James said about how the uh, first time he went over one of his white friends' house and they had a pantry. And it was the same thing. Like, do I had never seen anything like that? Like a pantry. Yeah. Like I never heard it. Like, you know, just simple different cultural differences. So right. but the one thing I always say though is that at least I can say this, I love being a Turk. Mm-hmm. But when I go on a job and every time I've ever been on a job interview in my life, nobody's ever gone like, Oh wow, you graduated from Maryland. Mm-hmm. But every one of them when they when they you graduated from Gilman, every yeah. one of them, they perk up. So I count the blessing of going to Gilman. Don't get me yeah. wrong. But there was a price but tag also, that came with it. Yeah, there was a price tag that came with it, right? Yeah. You know? Yeah. Hey, wow. You put it there, too. Yeah. yeah exactly. That, yeah, that's an incredible story, man. I'm, I can I can empathize, but it's not, but but I can't. I, I really can't empathize. I shouldn't say that, but I. I feel your pain and, and struggle in that. That's and then I guess having to go back and work for a dollar twenty five an hour to get your degree. Oh, bro! <laughs> yeah, hey. yeah, yeah. But you know, God, God does everything for a reason, bro. And I'm telling you, man, it at least it molded me to be who I am. Mm-hmm. Now, sometimes some people say Coach Asian is crazy. 
Mm-hmm. Or oh, mortgage is crazy. That's I'm an intense dude. I, mm-hmm. I know that. I'm a focused dude. I know that about me. Mm-hmm. I'm an adult ADD. You know, grow, you see, I'm a little bit before you. Growing up in the 70s and 80s, what no, what no riddling. It was just a belt. <laughs> I got the belt to learn to sit down and shut up. You know what I'm saying? So all those experiences molded me. You know what I'm saying? Yeah, yeah. Oh, yeah, no complaints, man. But at the same time, yeah, just, you know. Yeah, you, you learn. Know, you got to be real with it, right? You yeah. Know? So coming out of Gilman, uh, obviously you go to the University of Maryland. What other schools were recruiting you? What other schools did you consider? Oh, man, I had a ton, to be honest, because uh, I was a, a Bally's All-American coming out of Gilman. Mm. So for me, uh, I had over 70 Division One offers coming up. 70? Yeah, I had over 70. Man, I remember oh this is the days gosh. back when we used to play real to real film. So wasn't no huddle, wasn't no online. That's right. Video. So just There's no internet. Yeah, right. No internet. So just <laughs> by getting selected to the All American team, they just automatically going to assume you're, you're a great player. We would love for you to, you know, you'd love to extend your offer of a full scholarship to the University of Oregon, even though. Oregon was nothing back then, but right. UCLA, Notre Dame, Syracuse, North Carolina, of course, Maryland, Virginia, uh, Pittsburgh. I mean, almost uh, back then, Alabama wasn't that good, but Alabama, uh-huh. uh, pretty much, you know, I don't know if I said Notre Dame, Arizona, yeah, it was like, uh, but it got cut off quick for me in terms of my five official visits. Uh-huh. My parents were like, dude. I know you didn't schedule a, a, a visit to UCLA. We don't uh-huh. even own a car. <laughs> like, what, what, what makes you think you would go to California? Yeah. You would, never, you would, never, you would have no way to come home, dude. We, we don't even own an automobile. Yeah. How do you think you're going like, to, we might see you at Christmas, maybe that. Mm-hmm. And I was like, good point. Didn't think about that. Mm-hmm. So my five officials, I took Maryland, Virginia, North Carolina, uh, Duke and Syracuse. Okay. And, you know, uh, and my coach, Coach Bristow at Gilman, who were like, when I talk about negativity, that's why I got to talk about positivity. Coach Bristow was awesome. Sherman Bristow, incredible human being. Redmond mm-hmm. Finney, our headmaster, incredible human being. Awesome guy. Mm-hmm. Uh, who I try to pattern myself behind wow. as a coach and as a teacher. Redmond Finney will walk the building, Sherman. He knows every person's name from grades one to 12. Wow. And not only does he know your name, he walks up to you and he shakes your hand and looks you in the eye and he goes, hey, Sherman. How's everything going, man? Hey, did your mother's foot get better yet? I remember you were telling me about how your mother had an issue with her toe where she had, uh, broke her big toe. And I know that was affecting her balance. And she got back to jogging. He knows everything that you wow. talk about. Yeah. He knows your whole story. He knows what's going on in your academic. So as a coach and as a teacher, that's who I've always tried to pattern myself at. Yeah. Just a dude that builds bridges with people, in this mm-hmm. case, kids, mm-hmm. that I build trust with them by showing them that I care enough to listen and pay attention to their stories and care. Mm-hmm. Don't get me emotional right now because that's why I get teary eyed. No, no I'm like, with you. Yeah, that's the positive that came out of that yeah. that kind of stuff. But yeah, I had a bunch of offers. But uh, Coach Bristow was like, "Dude, you understand? Like, if you went and played for the home state school, you know that would be huge, dude. Mm-hmm. You know, and you could build a legacy in your own state." Mm-hmm. And I was like, "That's a real good point." But then when I went to Maryland, I absolutely fell in love with it. Yeah. You know, Coach Bobby Ross at the time uh, took my visit, had a great time. Don't get me telling the stories about that. I'll, I'll be embarrassing myself. But they, they, they showed me a great time. And so I love the players. I love the coaching staff. Mm-hmm. You know, Maryland was on the upswing at the time, winning, just starting to win uh, their first conference championship. So to mm-hmm. come in and be a part of that, 
be part of a, a preseason number one ranked team. I mean, it was incredible, man. You know, yeah. but coming out of high school, yeah, I had a bunch of offers. Wow. Uh, you know, and that's one of the things for my kids now coaching high school. I get to use that all the time. When they give you attitude, mm-hmm. I don't know how many times I've said to a kid, like, dude, how many offers you got? How many yeah. offers you got so far? And they go, none. How many did how many division? None. And I go, did you make the all-county team last year? And they go, no. I go, the all-division? No. I go, all-state? All-American? Then I go, you know what? You know who did? I did. Yeah. And you honestly out here talking to me like this? Have you lost your mind? <laughs> you know what I mean? <laughs> and all that attitude goes away real quick. Uh-huh. Goes, I like it being nice and respectful to you. You talking sideways to me. Like, dude, you ain't done nothing. Mm-hmm. I got news for you, dude. But I did. I did all that by the time I was 17 years old. Right. Boom. You know, I always say, dude, at 17, they would have arrested me for what I would have did to you on the football field. That's a lot of charges against me for what would have happened on the field with me against you. <laughs> I guess I was a real physical, aggressive dude back then. Don't get me going. Yeah. But, um, yeah. What was, uh, what was your, what was Gilman ranked? Your senior, were you guys ranked nationally? Oh, yeah. Well, not nationally, but we were in the area. We were always either number one or number two, the two okay. years up. Okay. Uh, but we did beat Archbishop Carroll, who was ranked, I think, at the time number eleven by USA Today at wow. their home field down in DC. Down in DC, yeah, uh-huh. which was cool, you know. And then uh, we played them the second year. They came up to us, and uh, we we had a, no. Excuse me, I'm sorry. We lost to them my junior year when they mm-hmm. were ranked eleven. We beat them when they were, I think, ranked fourteenth. Okay. My senior, year, and we wanted revenge. Cause they had this dude on the speaker that was always, you know, they had a running back. They nicknamed the mailman. Uh-huh. He just kept saying, and the mailman delivers. It's <laughs> <laughs> the personal. And so the whole summer when we were lifting weights, we kept talking about how we wanted revenge. Uh-huh. We were going to shut the mailman up. And so we ended up like beating them like 28 to seven or 35 to seven. So we did make a statement coming back, but unfortunately we didn't finish the season number one, but mm. Yeah, most of the time we uh, back then. I don't know, if you're, probably before your time, Polly. Oh yeah, was a powerhouse at the time under Augie Wobble. Uh-huh. So Polly was kind of a nemesis to us in terms of, of whatever reason. Like we played uh, our senior, we lost seven to nothing on a yeah. uh, eighty-five yard punt return. Wow! And just not long before the pandemic, I was over at uh, what's the uh, Cross Street Market? I think uh-huh. it is. It's right down the street from Polly. Yeah. Uh, no, not the no, not Cross Keys. But oh, cross oh, I'm Street, sorry. Over okay, like East Side, and so I'm, I, I went over there for some function. I think it was for Keith or Mitchell or something. And as soon as I walked in, a whole bunch of old dudes were playing for Polly. Rubbed it in my face. And oh. said, man, Mark Agent, I know you remember that 85 yard. <laughs> so <can't remember>. <laughs> <laughs> and all these years, 30 years later, whatever it is, I'm gonna say I graduated 85. This is 2021. What's the math on that? About 15. 30, yeah, 35, so, 36. 36 yeah, yeah. I'm gonna say at least 30 years later, this was at that point. Yeah, we still had some ill will and some some trash talking going on 30 years later. Yeah. It was cool. It brought back a lot of good memories, you know? Yeah. But back then, Polly was a real beast back then. And y'all are great. I mean, because Polly and Gilman are what, I mean, as a crow flies, probably less than a mile, maybe two miles, a mile and a half. Oh, yeah. Oh, that was, man, as I talked about Rory Holly, who uh, I actually played with at Maryland and we pledged Q together. He was actually my honcho online. 
He, I used to jump in his Volkswagen Beetle right before football practice almost every day and drive down the hill to Poly uh-huh. and try to holler as many girls as we could and get phone numbers. <laughs> <laughs> and then rush back to get back to football practice and hurry up and come out and make sure we weren't late because we would be in trouble. Of yeah. That was a daily ritual. As soon as we got out, yeah. we'd fly down that hill, man. Like you said, it's literally like not even a mile down the street. Yeah. And then across, of course, you got uh, Bryn Mawr across the street, uh-huh. Bryn Park across the street. You got uh, Boys Latin down the street, but yep. you also got, uh, let's talk about Friends is not that far. Mm-hmm. But yeah, it's a whole lot in that area. Yeah, so Loyola, Loyola's is right. Yeah. yeah. In that Volkswagen Beetle, me and Roy used to stay busy. Right? Yeah. So, That's fun. I let my wife hear me too loud. Up here. <laughs> 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 I think the statute of limitations has passed on that. So oh, yeah. Can... We've been together for like 30 years. I think oh. she'll be on this one. Yeah. That's good. Let's celebrate our 21st wedding anniversary. So hopefully she understands she, she ain't got nothing to worry about. Yeah. Congrats. Congratulations Thank on that. Appreciate you, Chairman. Thank yeah. you. People done a lot less time for murder. So. <laughs> hey, <man>. <laughs> <laughs> well said, too. <laughs> you know? Uh, all right. So what did you study at Maryland? Oh, before we get to that. Um, so I, I pulled these stats. So 1988, you had yourself a year. Oh, thank you. Yeah, so 1988 is Bob Bill and Tommy Marcos Trophy for Best Lineman of the Year at University of Maryland. Uh, Top Special Teams Performer. And you got the Coaches Award for Top Offensive Lineman. So how? So you playing special teams? It, now, I, and yep, one thing I yep. forgot to mention: you how tall? You about six five, six six? Yep, six five. Yep. Okay, and so I was a short snapper, long snapper, and I used to be on the kick return team as well. Whew. Which I never understood. You're going to throw a damn offensive lineman. They got all these DBs and linebackers out here running down the field. What makes you think I'm fast enough to get a drop on these guys and then get a chance to even touch them at the time? Like, dude, you, you're asking an awful lot. But right. I, for whatever reason, I guess they thought I was good enough at it, but I wasn't the greatest. But as, as a long snapper, a short snapper, yeah, I was I was a dependable dude. At least wow. I can say that. Oh yeah, I mean, yeah, mm-hmm. clearly top. I mean, as as a snapper, you're getting top special teams performing. That's amazing. So, right. uh, and then uh, 1989, you get the uh, which I this, and I'm sure you would you're you probably want to boast this to your players, the George C. Cook Memorial Award for the highest academic average. Which I have pulled that up before. On them. Yeah, have, yeah, that's know. incredible. Yeah, I pulled that one out on my son a few times. He's actually a senior, Franklin. He was a uh, all Baltimore County first team defense last year. He's a oh. senior now. Just turned 17 yesterday. As a matter of fact, a really young senior. Well, happy but, birthday to him. Uh, thanks, bro. But when, it, when his book tries to give me the excuse of he's tired and he's going to do homework tomorrow. Dude, I don't hear that yappity yap. Yeah. Like, dude, you better understand. Do you think it wasn't plenty of times I had to stay up late or whatever? Man, please, you better stay up and do what you got to do. I ain't hearing none of that mess. Yeah. So yeah. He, he's starting to understand. But I, there's been a few times I've had to pull that one out on yeah, well, you earned that one. That's one you earned Thank for you. sure. Thank um, so, what? So, what was your area of study then? Clearly, you were you were a beast on the field and in the books. So, what what was Thanks. your uh, your uh, your major? Uh, I was elementary education. Okay, awesome. Um, yeah, so I had already planned on becoming a, a school teacher. Uh-huh. And what I did was, when I graduated, I went right into being a fifth grade teacher in Baltimore City for six years at Sam Corbis Chapel. Down in the projects right across from uh, McCullough Homes. Wow. Which was buck wild. Yeah, don't get me started telling stories about that buck wild. But 
six or six incredible years. And then uh, I bet you were a, bet you were a presence in that school, though. Uh, you know, we had a bunch of brothers. That was a good thing, too. We had like 10 of us, wow. 10 African-American males that toured in the same school building, which I, wow. I guarantee you probably want to see that very rarely in most places. But we had like probably like about 10 of us. And we did. We had an awesome culture, man. We really did. We got, yeah. got, we got a lot of awards, but a lot of that credit goes to our administrator. Her name was Deborah Wortham. Mm. And to this day, I say her and our administrator at Franklin, who just retired last year, Patrick McCusker, the two greatest administrators I've ever worked for in 32 years of teaching. Wow. Both of them are my first one and then my most recent last one. And now we got Coach O'Connell was awesome too. But man, her, she was an amazing administrator. She she gets it and understood that it's not about micromanaging. It's about just playing to the talents of the people that you got working for you. She just puts you in motion and then holds you accountable for getting it done. Mm-hmm. So she sits back and goes, all right, you, know, you tell me what you need, what you want, how you want to do it, what's the rules going to be, what's the procedures going to be on this, all right, now who's going to run it, all right, you, we got to figure it out down to the letter, all right, now you better get it done or I'm going to put my knee, I'm going to put my <laughs> foot knee deep up in your anal office. <laughs> She's going to hold you fully accountable, but she gets the best out of you. Uh-huh. And it's you doing what you said you want to do to get it done the best way. Right. And you can't ask for any better. Yeah, and that's no. Patrick McCusker, or was Patrick McCusker as well? Mm-hmm. You know, we'll definitely miss him at Franklin. He was incredible. Yeah, I mean, don't get me. Jeremy, I'll play this. I've been coached for for the better part of my thirty two years of, of teaching. I took a hiatus to do stand up comedy, but I did. I, I, I don't know if Coach Valentine told you this. I used to do stand up comedy for about uh, 10, 12 years uh, professionally. Mo no. John Witherspoon, Mike Epps. Uh, oh man, Mo's not not Kevin Hart. But most of the big time comedians at some point I have at least worked with them. But I used to do it in Baltimore. My daughter used to get mad because she would go like, everywhere we go, somebody's yelling out the name Big Dog. <laughs> and I'll be like, yo, I hope you understand. Like a lot of people know your dad as a football player, as a coach, as a teacher. I said, probably more people know me as a stand-up comic. Really? Than they know me as a football player, just being truthful. Yeah. Like one day we walked into Mom Dumb and Mom, well, actually, let me backtrack. We went into Home Depot. Uh-huh. And somebody yelled out big dog. And she was like, see what I'm talking about? Like, it's ridiculous. Like, we can't even have a conversation. And so we are just talking about it. And then we go from there to Mondami. And you know the bridge? You ever been down Mondami, Mom? Yep. Uh, you know the bridge going across when you go up to the upper level? Yes. There's a little spiral staircase that comes down. So we go across the bridge, come down this spot, and it's Christmas time. And Santa Claus has a kid on his lap. And we're coming down the thing, and he jumps up out of his seat with the kid on his lap. He jumps up and goes, Mom, big dog Asian. Dude, you're the funniest dude I've ever seen in my life. And my, and my daughter just turns and looks at me like, gives me the ice grill like, Santa Claus just kicked a kid off his lap. You understand what I, she was so mad at? I said, I get it, man. So, you know what I'm saying? Yeah. <laughs> no, she was not pleased with me, man. You know what? Yeah. It's just one of them deals of, I just go, Rusty, when I, uh, he is an awesome administrator as well. Mm-hmm. I don't mean to get off topic there. No, 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 go. Yeah. Coach Valentine, I call all of them coaches, man. Uh-huh. They are awesome, man. But I'll put it like this. All the schools I've coached at, usually administrators don't even care about the football team. Mm-hmm. At Franklin High School, dude, when we come out the first day and we're on the field at 5.15 in the morning, because we, we practice at 5.15 a.m., we're off the field by, by 8 o'clock. So we always say our opponents already lost us because mm-hmm. they're still hugging their pillows. Mm-hmm. 
we already done finished and they're still in the bed curled up underneath the blanket right now. Yeah. You know? Yeah. But our administrative team is standing there waiting for us at five fifteen in the morning when we're coming down on the field. They're standing there, principal, vice principals, the whole team. Wow. They're standing there waiting. Every game, Coach Valentine, Coach O'Connor, they, Coach McCusker when he was there, every game they come to, don't matter where we play at. Yeah. They travel, they come to everyone, they stay for at the whole game. Yeah. That's I, we've ne- I've never been around administrative more, administration more supportive mm-hmm. than the one that's at Franklin High School. We, we're just real fortunate yeah. to have a great culture. You know what I mean? No, and Rusty is a big part of that, too. Yeah. And but, it's funny, too, because, dude, everybody knows Rusty. I don't know everybody. if you know that. Hey, yeah. dude, it don't matter who I'm talking to. As soon as I say Franklin High School, they go, so I mean, you over there with Rusty Valentine. Right? <laughs> <laughs> Rusty is an absolute celebrity. Dude. He is a celebrity. Yeah. <laughs> yeah A-list celebrity or something. I don't know what's going on, man. I need to get his autograph or something. Like yeah, that. you bet. Y- well, y'all can exchange autographs. Yeah, I don't know But you just that. you need to sign yours big dog, though. Hey, I, hey, for a long time, I'm telling you. <laughs> yeah. I'm telling you. A long time because I wasn't sure if I was going to come back to football because I was having a ball being a comedian. Mm-hmm. But I love teaching, as mm-hmm. I keep telling my wife. I understand I'm losing money not doing comedy, but I love teaching and coaching. I just really do, man. It's like my ministry for me. That's the yeah. way I always look. I it see, gives I see. me my chance to serve God by serving these kids. That's yeah. honestly how I look at it every day. Don't even get me going. No, no, go. Cause I, I, you, you're right there with me. I tell people that all the time too. You know, that's, I, I'm de- like, when we don't have basketball for a few weeks, I'm, I'm moody. I'm kind of, you know, but, <laughs> right. uh, you know, as soon as we had some workouts and I'm just sitting there, like, even now, like we had, you know, had a workout today. We, you know, we, we're teaching with that, but just being with the kids and, you know, just being an right. ear to, for them to bend and, um, you know, watching them enjoy life is, is, is fun, you know, and then once the season starts, it's on, you know. Uh, but it is important to have that. That's really special that you have that that administrative support. We're lucky at Chapelgate to have that. I, so our principal, like we were playing in an outdoor league last summer. Her, her and her husband came mm. to every game. They brought the dog. They were sitting on the side. Mm. You know? Yeah. <laughs> but, yeah. So it's, but they ne- she never misses a game, um, you know, in summer league, fall league, spring league. Uh, so it's, right. it, it's really special to have that support, you know, and the kids feel yeah. it, you know. The coaches feel it. Everybody feels that. So, and I've been places that didn't have that support. So, uh, which I'm sure you probably have along the way as well. So, it's uh, <laughs> you 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 can appreciate it when you know what it's like to not have it for sure. Uh, amen. I'm telling you because I've had that other side as well. Trust and believe. Yeah, and I'll say this about Rusty. He's like he is one of the most humble people I've ever met because I've told him he probably just gets tired of me telling everybody and telling him that he saved my life when I was a senior in high school and kind of lost and it was his first year teaching but I spent countless hours in his office just talking and just mm-hmm. talking and talking and talking you right. know whether I was having a problem he was he was like my own he was a free therapist the county was paying for <laughs> right I feel you man you know see Rusty for you was Mr. Green for me and a lot of brothers at Gilman mm-hmm. Mr. Green and Mr. Duncan you know how many times I sat in Mr. Green's office the same way Mm-hmm. You know, and so and what do you what do you do now, Sherman, if I can ask? Uh, I'm uh, in administration at Johns Hopkins in radiology. Right. Yeah. So right. wow. healthcare administration. Yeah. All right. So translation, you're 10 times smarter than I am. No, no, no. I, no. I'm joking. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> <laughs> Trust <laughs> the label that one. So, 
though. I know you you said your wife is a phys ed teacher. Yes. As well. Yep. And, and she was in administration. Coach, right. Giving yeah, she, back to these kids. You know? Yeah. And she, my wife would actually just, so she was in administration for the last seven years and wanted to get back in the classroom. And that's why she went back to phys ed this year. Wow. So, and she's hey, coached what? high school basketball as well. Yeah, when I started out, Deborah Wortham, the, the lady I was talking about from my first school in the city, she was like, you should be in administration. Mm-hmm. And I, she was like, your presence would be way more effective running mm-hmm. an entire school. And I'm like, I want to be in the classroom. Mm-hmm. Now, after 16 years of, of fifth grade classroom, I got tired of, we got to raise the test scores if they're going to take the school over. I got sick of that. Yeah. So I transitioned over to phys ed and I always say I haven't worked a day since. Yeah. And I don't mean I don't work hard. I don't mean I don't work long hours. I've worked my butt off, but mm-hmm. it's having fun all day. I'm doing football, weight training, team sports, fitness foundations. I'm coaching track. I used to coach basketball. None of that is truly work to me. Mm-hmm. I'm just having a good time. It's hard work. I work mm-hmm. long hours, but I haven't worked a day in 16 years. Wow. I'm having fun. I'm living the life. I'm truly blessed. And I count my it's not hard to wake up when you do what you want to do. Yeah. Like, like my dad used to say, find something you would do for free and you'll never work a day. That's exactly where I've been for 16 years. I told you I worked as a weight room manager for a dollar 25 an hour. Ago. <laughs> <Right>. <laughs> you mean to tell me I get to my family and teach weight training, which I love. I love being in the weight room. Yeah. I love working with my football dudes. I love teaching. Uh, I got teachers that come down, cheerleaders that come down. Dude, when we do off-season training, it ain't just our football players. Mm-hmm. I'll train any sport. I just yeah. love working with them and that. Just help them see them. Mm-hmm. Man, don't get me going, but I just go, man, I got to say, it's my ministry every day. I get yeah. to wake up and put a smile on my face. and go, I get to go have fun, man. I just talked to a teacher today. And I was like, dude, if you teach and you, all you do is when the classes change, you go in and close your door, what are you teaching for? Because this is a people business. Yeah. You got to build bridges with these people. You got to go talk to people. You should be out in this hallway shaking kids' hands and saying good morning and how are you doing and have a great day. Right. If you just go in your room and just write your stuff on your boards and ignore that and think they're going to respect you, you're missing out. Yeah. The biggest part of this business is the people. Yeah. And once you understand investing in people and building bridges, then you'll see easy success. It's not hard. When they yeah. see that you care. Right. They'll do a brick wall for you if you care about them. Yeah. But if you don't care, they're going to give you the exact opposite if you don't. <laughs> you know, if they don't realize that you're authentic, oh, then you're going to have real problems on your hands. Let's be honest. Mm-hmm. You know? Yep. Amen to that. Rusty is one of them dudes. Rusty, like you said, he understands. Yeah. Investing in helping people. Rusty is just a dude that's a kind hearted person. That happens to be a vice principal. He ain't there to, to give you a hard time. He's there to help kids. Right. Coach Agent is there to help kids. Coach O'Connell, Coach Burgos, Coach Vales, all our football coaches that are in the building. Coach Burrell. We there to help these kids. We love these kids. Yeah. That's part yeah. of what makes our culture successful is that first of all, our kids buy into it. Mm-hmm. Our football players buy into what we do and how we do it. Yeah. And there we got great adults that love these kids. And we always say we take pit puppies and turn them into pit bulls because mm-hmm. we train them all year. Mm-hmm. And by training them, that's where I go, same thing as a phys ed teacher. When we are here with our team sports, we're playing softball. Ain't no pressure while we're playing softball. 
I get to come over and go just like Redmond Fanny and go, hey man, how's your mom doing? Yeah, I heard a yeah, did operation on her foot like a couple weeks ago. Is she getting better? I get to be Redmond Fanny now yeah. while we're working out in the weight room. Man, right. the weight room, we can get to the workout. We'll get you bigger, faster, stronger. We'll make you a better football player. But once you say you want to play football, dude, all of a sudden I got a carrot that I'm going to hang in front of your nose mm-hmm. that says, come on and march towards being a great man, a great citizen, a great father, a husband, a brother, a friend, a teammate. We're going to make you a good person, hopefully. Mm-hmm. By just using this little carrot in front of your face called football. <laughs> mm-hmm. You want to be a star in football? Oh, wonderful. Well, let's go learn about all this stuff while we're doing it. Right. And that's what we're about at Franklin. That's where, but we take puppies and we turn them into pit bulls. Because mm-hmm. they literally start, Sherman, they start training with us. Some of them come from Franklin Middle School starting in like seventh grade. Wow. They, come down to, they just come down and work out with us. Pipeline. And they, yeah, we just go, yeah, they're welcome to come down. And some of them never even end up. They end up in Newtown. They end up at Owens Mills. That's fine. We'll train them too. Yeah, I go down. I, I do lineman clinic. I did a lineman clinic for Owens Mills Office of Lineman and stuff. We go <laughs> help them anytime. Yeah, no problems with that, you know. Yeah, hey, we, but we will work with anybody, dude. If you come to our seven on seven, we'll coach you guys. Everybody, yeah. Chairman, you you do football at all? I I actually transitioned from when I started coaching uh, high school basketball. I had to give football up because it was too, you know, the seasons were crossing. Yeah. Yeah, that's why I was, I was my conflict with stand-up comedy. Yeah. Dude, yeah. it's hard to be out here traveling up and down the East Coast three to five nights a week, sometimes six, seven nights a week, and then think I'm going to get up and do football the next day, too, and teach. Yeah. Dude, I, right. yeah, dude, I would do I – would, I, like, I did this thing for Deaf Comedy Jam up in Jersey one night. I drove, like, three, four hours up to Jersey, hung out till, like, three in the morning, didn't get back home until, like, 6.30 in the morning, don't go to sleep. Go go teach my class. Go to football. Then go downtown to the to, to the comedy fact. Dude, I can't keep this up. No, so I no. had to make a decision. So when I first came to Franklin, Coach Burgos, our head coach, was like, "Dude, you a stand up comedy man? We want to come see you." For eleven years now, I've been going. I'm gonna get back. Yeah, <laughs> I feel like maybe. <laughs> Years. Uh, <laughs> and even just the other day, he was like, dude, are you going to get back and doing some comedy, dude? And I said, dude, I, you're right. I've been saying this the whole time, but I'm too busy having fun here. Yeah. I love being a football coach. And I know if I get a taste of comedy again, now I want to go be successful with that. And I can't go do all that. Like, there's a saying, like, you can't steal second base without taking your foot off of first. Mm. And I don't want to take my foot off of first base. I'm having too much fun at first base. Right. Right. No, I'm doing what I love doing. So comedy is not a big deal. Yeah. Need be, I can be 70 years old, God willing, do some comedy. Yeah. Yeah. And say, you got time. I yeah. got time, man. I ain't worried about it. Yeah. You know? Yeah. Do it when I'm tired if I have to. Again. Yeah. There you go. Uh, so what, so you say, you, have you been at Franklin for 11 years now? Uh, I've been coaching there for this is my 11th year or my 12th. Okay. But I've been teaching in the building now, I believe, for, I think this is my seventh now. Okay. Okay. And, 32 total of teaching. I'm an old man. <laughs> but these mother people going like, dude, no, you retire. Like, dude, I ain't nowhere near retiring, man. Yeah. There's so, nothing to retire from if you're having fun. I'm having yeah. a good time, man. Yeah. And as yeah. long as as long as Coach Burgos and all who's our head coach and our coaching staff is there, which means our culture is there, dude, mm-hmm. I ain't going nowhere. Yeah. I love football. I ain't going nowhere. Yeah. Well, it's it's showing on the field too, because you guys are definitely successful. 
Uh, so right. talk about your coaching career. So where'd you get started with that? I mean, clear, <laughs> clearly your resume was, you know, it wasn't going to be hard. Well, I would think it wouldn't be hard with that resume to, to get a spot. You know, it's funny because I had no intentions of coaching. And so that's what, te- that's what everybody says. I was teaching and I was just teaching. And the gym teacher at Mock Schools, uh, Sam Recovery's Taylor Elementary School, number 122 in the city. If I can remember his name, his name was Shelly. I can't remember his last name, but he had a connection to uh, Southern High School, which is now Digital Hall. Mm-hmm. And so he kept pestering me about coming over and coach, helping coach the offensive line. And so eventually he talked me into it and I came over and helped him out for a year. And I had a good time with it and I really was going to leave it alone. And then from there, uh, I get called over to come to coach you with Dunbar mm-hmm. or uh, with Pete Pompey. Mm. Uh, unfortunately, they dismissed him over some fundraising scandal that Pete had nothing to do with. We had nothing to do with. But unfortunately, some false allegations came out that was just totally untrue. Mm-hmm. And it was a damn shame. To be, truthfully, it was Pete's wife that I understood was one that was taking money out of this fundraising account, whatever. Pete didn't have nothing to do with it, nor did we, but we all got fired for it. Mm. And so from there, I go, um, and I had a coach named Frank Tricker, who was at Cardinal Gibbons, who had terminal lung cancer, and he was the head coach. And he calls me up, and he comes over, and I sit in front of this man. He, he and I literally cried together. Mm. And he was like, man, I'm dying. And he was like, I want to know that my program is in good hands. And I know that you'll take care of my guys. Don't get me crying. But you'll, you'll take care of my guys right. And he literally just handed me the program. Wow. Right there in the spot. Wow. And I took it. And I coached there for a year. And unfortunately, uh, the administration, as I talk about, un, uh, supportive, uh, administration is just, you know, and I'm going to keep the long story short because I don't want to be bashing nobody, but. Just, I, I feel like it's, we were going to have a powerhouse at Cardinal Gibbons. Yeah, Dude, I had, strong. I, I had like 30 recruits lined up. They were already going to come in as ninth graders. Some of the best in uh, Woodlawn, Red, Parkville, uh, Hamlin Park. Uh, it was every big time, Northwood. I was recruiting Northwood. Northwood. Oh, man, I'm Northwood was a monster back then. Hey, thank you. Exactly. Yeah. They yeah. win the national championships. I got at least like eight to ten kids that are going to come from Northwood to come to Cardinal Gibbons. Mm-hmm. A couple of these recruiting classes, and Cardinal Gibbons was going to be St. Francis, like they mm-hmm. are now is what we were going to be back then. And so as I got these recruits coming in, and the principal was like, as long as they have the grades, which all of them did. Mm-hmm. And the first kid that I brought in was actually a junior transfer who was a Herb Lynch that played with the Washington Redskins, his nephew. And Herb was like, Mark, I, w- I want him to come to you his senior year because I know he's going to be in good hands. You'll take good care of him. He's going to learn a pro-style offense as well. And this dude was the uh, state champion in the 100 meters and the 200 meters. and was the second team all-state tailback. So he was going to have an immediate impact. Yeah. And same thing. It was on the honor roll, had like a 3.8 GPA. There was no problems. And I had a disciplinary hearing. Excuse me. I was moving my phone there. Okay. Where I had a, a one of my, my starting middle linebacker came to school one day. One of the kids on my JV football team comes to school drunk hmm. and assaults this kid six separate times. And the kid actually went to three different teachers and nobody did anything about it. And on the seventh assault attempt, Kid has his back to a set of stairs and he finally punched the kid in the face 
to stop him from knocking him down the stairs and they expelled both the kids. And I said, look, I understand the kid that was drunk being expelled. Right. The kid that defended himself. So I walk out of that disciplinary hearing, obviously up to here, uh-huh. upset. And when I come out, I run into Herb Lynch and he goes, coach, you said that they would work with us if, if we had the grades. And I said, yeah, of course we will. And they are out of, I think it was a $8,000 tuition. They offered him $200 in financial aid. And I was like, dude, we, so I went right back into the disciplinary and I walked out of with the principal. I said, dude, you got me like I'm lying to these parents. Right. I said, you crazy, dude. I said, I said, and he was like, coach, that's the most we're allowed to offer. I said, are you right there? I, w- I walked out and I went to the secretary and asked for a piece of paper. And I hand wrote my resignation right there at her desk. <laughs> I'm dead serious. Good for and you. Dude, I had raised, like, at that point, I had raised almost $50,000 for the weight room. I used to sleep in my office because there was an abandoned building. This is when I first met my wife, too. And there was an abandoned building that they gave up on. It was an old and, like, industrial office building. So every night I would be in there moving drill presses and saws and making meeting rooms. And I, I had the weight room down. It was going to be like a college field house. Yeah. And I was ready to bring in all these recruits. I had a facility that I was raising money for. I thought we were about to build a powerhouse at Carl Gibbons back then. And then that mess went down, and I wrote my resignation on the desk and walked out and had to leave it behind. So I said, dude, there's no way I'm going to let you drag my name and my reputation through the mud. Yeah. You're out of your mind, dude. You, you, you. So, so I what, left Carl Gibbons. What year was that? Or That's time frame. So I'm an old man. I was going to say, this has got to be, see, I graduated in 91 from University of Maryland. So this has got to be somewhere probably around like 94, 95. That makes sense. Probably. Yeah. That makes and sense. And so uh, from after Cardinal Gibbons is when I went to Owens Mills. And okay. unfortunately, uh, this was where I took a hiatus for uh, comedy and stuff. Okay. But I went to Owens Mills and uh, when I came, uh, Chesapeake hired me. But I turned that down because my wife and daughter said I would be going too far. And so I go to Owens Mills, and I was part of the uh, losing streak where Owens Mills didn't win a game for almost five years from mm-hmm. straight. Mm-hmm. And unfortunately, I was for a year. And it hurt my heart, but it's where I, I wanted it so bad for them to just get over the hump. I said, if they, if they, they could just turn this culture around with just one win, yeah, it would open a floodgate. So I'm so happy to see them seeing success now. Mm-hmm. But uh, at Owens Mills, I went to Woodlawn for two years because um, at Owens Mills, uh, I had a parent that accused me of giving a kid a obsessive compulsive disorder for yelling at a kid in practice. Oh, man. And what it turned out was the kid had an untreated ear infection that had oh. spread to the green line and, and it was affecting his equilibrium. And he woke up walking in circles like a month after football season ended. And I was on administrative leave for like three and a half, well, actually for five months. But for the first three and a half, I didn't even know why I was out. Oh, man. And when I came in, I literally cussed the people out in the, the hearings. When I walked in, they didn't even say good morning to me. They just said, you cleared all your charge, charges, coach agent. And I cussed them up and down. Like, I don't even know why I'm here. And they <laughs> sent me the two weeks of anger, man. They <laughs> sure did, I'm telling you. And so, but, and they went and they went and did all this other. So after five mm. months, I finally was able to come back to teaching. And when I did, uh, all I wanted to do was get Owens Mills back together. Yeah. And I, but I was teaching at Woodlawn and they okay. had just fired Coach Hart at Woodlawn. Coach mm. Hart is my frat brother. Oh, okay. and So when I show up to work the first day I come out of the warehouse, Coach Hart literally comes to me with tears. 
and was like, dog, I, they, they're not bringing me back. I want you to take over this program. Owens mm-hmm. Mills did you dirty. I don't even know why you're worrying about going there. Why don't you just come take this program? Mm-hmm. It, you know, you will easily get this job. My kids love you already. They already know you. You teach half of them. Mm-hmm. Why don't you just... And so he talked me into it. Mm-hmm. And so I had every intention to stay at Woodlawn till I was 70 years old. Mm-hmm. And they told me in two years, we, uh, they hadn't had a winning season for like almost five years before that. They haven't had one month since then. But for those two years, we went six and four and we went eight and two. And we qualified for the playoffs both years. And I loved those kids. Yeah. Man, I loved those kids with all my heart, man. They were awesome. They were painting a butt in the schoolhouse to get them to go to school, go yeah. to class. Yeah. But on, they had football character. You know, like I talk about that 5, 15 in the morning. I would come in my office at 3.30. And when I would, I'd be typing up my practice plan and I'd be like, oh, wow, it's almost 4.30. I come on, let me see who's here. And I poke my head out and there'd be like 70 dudes sitting in the bleachers. At 4.30 in the morning, I'd be like, oh, but I'm in the right place. Yeah. Like I said, they drive you crazy trying to get them to go to class and behave themselves and, and, and do their schoolwork. Uh-huh. But when it come down to what you ask them to do for football, oh, them kids are incredible. I loved them, you know? Wow. And so they told me I didn't win the state championship, even though uh, we, we had two years of success. And yeah. unfortunately, they haven't had a winning season since. So I always say, I hope they go nine and one every year. Yeah. They play us every year. So. So oh, yeah. <laughs> but I want them to win every game. I love Woodlawn High School. I live three minutes from Woodlawn High School. Okay. That's okay. thing. I go, this is my neighborhood school. This is where I want to hopefully send my son to come, come to school someday. Right. I got to help this school get turned around. So I really wanted to be a part of trying to turn that culture around. And unfortunately, uh, like I said, they told me I didn't win a state championship. Yeah. So uh, Coach Burgos at Franklin calls me up. Uh, after the 2010 state championship game. And he was like, look, man, I know you, you used to being a head coach. I'm not trying to insult you, but we need an offensive line coach. The weakness of our team is the whole line. And I said, dude, you ain't got to say no more, man. Cause he and I have been friends for like probably 20 years. Mm-hmm. Uh, he used to breed bulldogs. His bulldogs were my dogs, mother and sister. Oh. So, uh, you know, we, we had a, a history and a, and a yeah. friendship and a bond. So I was like, dude, I, could. So I came the first two years. I was a volunteer. And wow. my, my first, not just year, probably from the first day, I fell in love with Franklin football. Yeah. Awesome kids that buy in, just like Woodlawn kids, that love being football players. Yeah. And they hang their hats, and they will do what you ask them to do, and they will do it to the best of their ability. They take pride in it. Yeah. I love them dudes. You know, don't get me going. But yeah. I feel like it's, uh, as long as we got that culture, which is Anthony Burgos, Ryan Hayne, Tim Miller, uh, Randy Johnson, Richard Tyler, Joe Vales, uh, uh, Andre Burrells, all them dudes are there. And this knucklehead Mark agent, <laughs> dude, I'm there until hopefully I'm 70 years old. Yeah. And yeah. maybe 75, 80. I want to be the dude, Lou Holtz. Yeah. I'll be out there with a, uh, <laughs> be out there with a depend on us. Like, you know, yeah. still talking about brace jab pop and jab pop and shoot your hands and all this kind of stuff you know? uh-huh. cuz i love these guys i really do man they're good guys man the coaches the players the administration it's a good thing man we got a good thing going on and hopefully we can keep it going it's been yeah. great for a whole decade yeah. so hopefully we can go for a whole another decade or two you know it'd be nice yeah and you guys, so you win uh, back-to-back state titles in 2013, 2014, right? Mm-hmm. And yep. then you won again, was it 2018 or 2019? 
2018. Yep, 2018. Yes, yeah, so you won three and titles. And we lost in 2016. Yeah, 2016 yeah. we lost in the title. Yeah. yeah. So, I mean, uh, I mean, three state titles, that's a – in the last – well, and you can't even really count last year. So, it's the last seven years is right. Thank know, you. pretty incredible. I mean, I think Wise is the only one, you know, that did that in that time frame, you know, won that right. main title. So, it's – Pretty incredible. So congrats on all that success. One thing that I love about your team, and uh, I'm going to bring this up and then let's, let's talk about some of your players. We're talking about your son as well, since he's one of your players. So you're the only Baltimore area team to play St. Francis in three years. Yeah. I'm glad you brought that up. Thank you. Yeah. yeah. And I mean, it, you know, it, it doesn't matter what the scoreboard says. I mean, they, they got NFL guys up and down their roster, but um, sure. you know, they're top, 15 team ranked team in the entire country and you guys are a public school it's not you know because I, I have a lot of listeners from from around the country especially in Alabama where I went to college so um you know so people that are outside of the Baltimore area or the DMV um uh, don't understand that you guys are a, are a public school and private schools will not play them so will not play them. that's right yeah so for you guys as a and you guys are 3a right yes so as a 3A school to to go, you know, toe-to-toe with, with St. Francis, who's, you know, um, I mean, I know they scored like about 40. They, they got really lucky on a couple of those. <laughs> that's, what, no, no, that's, what, that's what Rusty no, said. I'm, I'm using no, what Rusty no, said. It's a joke. Nothing from them, man. No, no, they no. Are it's, really a, it's a joke. <laughs> they were a good football team. Oh, yeah. But, I mean, they're incredible. Rusty, they're playing, I mean, it, yeah, they're playing on great. national TV. You know, I mean, but the mm. fact that you all even, you know, strapped it up and said, you, and you scored on them. So, yeah. uh, you know, let's you got to give credit where credit's due. And uh, I don't care what the scoreboard said at the end of the game. You know, you guys are winners just for, for even stepping on that field when nobody Thank else you. would. So, Thank you. I appreciate that, bro. Because that was the first thing, like you're saying. It's amazing that everybody's running. St. Francis didn't get good till about four or five years ago. When Biff when came Biff Rose, he took the entire Gilman program over there. And, and then they so. all immediately overnight became great. And then right. that's when he started recruiting in out of state. It's amazing how uh, St. Joe, DeMath, even DeMath, but McDonough, Calvert Hall. See, my problem with all those schools I'm naming, we play. Mm-hmm. You don't mind playing down to little 3A Franklin. Mm-hmm. You got no problems with doing that. I'm going to call them out right now. I'm going to tell it like it is. You got no problems with talking all this yak. When you beat little 3A Franklin, which is fine if you beat us. We give mm-hmm. you respect. But we're not afraid to strap up against anybody. Mm-hmm. St. Francis is in your conference, and you're scared to play them. Why? But we're not scared to play them. We're not, we do this on purpose, Sherman. Mm-hmm. We want to get battle tested as quick as possible. So yeah. we're always going to scrimmage the wisest. We're going to go find Smyrna, who's nationally ranked, and beat them twice. We're going to go up and play St. Anthony's in New York, beat them, who's nationally ranked. We're going to go scrimmage Harrisburg up in Pennsylvania. We want, we're going to play St. Joe or Calvin Hall or McDonough, or we're going to go up against a St. Francis or DeMatha mm-hmm. because we want to find out right away what we got and what we got to get fixed. Mm-hmm. Who we got, who we, we will know about ourselves quick after we get these scrimmages. Like this year, we went against St. Joe. Mm-hmm. Unfortunately, our wild scrimmage uh, got canceled because of COVID. Mm-hmm. Then we uh, went up against Milford, again, a county rival. So, of mm-hmm. course, that's Pittsburgh against the Ravens. <laughs> so, it don't matter what the wreck is, what the, that's going to be a dogfight. And then from there, St. Francis, within four weeks, we already know who we are. 
Yeah. It don't take long for us to figure out what we need to get fixed, mm-hmm. what we're good at and what we're not so good at. And what put with, and we're real quick tell there we can go. Not only did you not, we came out, we didn't go out on a stretcher. Mm-hmm. Nobody got their head chopped off. <laughs> I mean, nobody died. We were fine. I know we lost 47 to six, but St. Francis coach actually coached Coach Burgos when we were eating breakfast. Like I say, I love our coaches. We, mm-hmm. we, 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 we got to have the Saturday games. <clears throat> we go to Rice's Town down and we eat breakfast in the morning. Mm-hmm. So I always say, if we're going to hit adversity, it don't even matter. We ain't going to finger point. We were just eating pancakes <laughs> a couple hours ago. We were just eating eggs, you know. We ain't going to be finger pointing each other. We we number buddies. And so uh, while we're sitting there eating, the St. Francis coach called and said, yo, coach, I just wanted to let y'all know, we played good counsel last night, and they supposed to be the number two ranked team in the state, and y'all gave us a way tougher game than them. Mm-hmm. Now, we beat them 57 to 7, and I know we blew y'all out too. But our guys almost to a man when we finished playing good counsel said Franklin was way tough. Good counsel had already tapped in the second quarter. Wow. Franklin at least played as hard as they could to the end of the game. Mm-hmm. They were actually competing all the time. Yeah. And we were like, Coach, we really appreciated that. You didn't have to call and say that. We appreciate yeah. you doing that. But we love the fact that we got if we get out there and get smacked around, that's fine. Yeah. We're gonna be just fine. We're yeah. gonna lose toward the matha. Oh, we'll be fine. Yeah, absolutely. When we go study that film, we'll be fine. That's mm-hmm. what, who we going to see like St. Francis the rest of the year, sir? Nobody. Nobody. Thank you. Even nobody. when we get to the state championship game, ain't nobody, nobody. going to be as good as St. Francis. That's a confidence base. Yeah. From this point on, you ain't going to never play nobody as good as that. And yeah. you just saw a game. You got mm-hmm. a chance to see it up close and personal. You got to smell it and taste it. So you know what it is now. See, mm-hmm. that's what I talk about, that battle tested. Mm-hmm. See, these other teams that want to run around and get these pansies because they want to look good. Early. You're making a mistake. If you really learned our formula and what we've been doing for over a decade now, we do it every year. Mm-hmm. And everybody's always thought we're crazy because they go, they schedule Calvin Hall, but they don't get any points for the playoffs for that. Mm-hmm. Frankly, it's almost like they're forfeiting the game. They put, uh, dude, we, we know this. But that what we learn from that game is what really launches us towards we're going to go win a state championship. Because right. look what we just did against Wise. And mm-hmm. we weren't even doing it right. Look what we just did against St. Francis. And we weren't even close to doing it right against St. <laughs> Francis. But right. we got a chance to learn what we were doing right and what we were definitely doing wrong. And now we're in the process of really getting it fixed. Yeah. And like I always say, all those schools, St. Joe, Calvary Hall, McDonough, we scrimmage Gilman, all these fools. If they really saw us in week eight, nine, and 10, it would be an entirely different game. Mm-hmm. You start practice a month earlier than us. Our dudes against St. Francis, nervous. It was a trickle of pee going down their legs yeah. in the first quarter. <laughs> yeah, I'm going to be honest. Yeah, yeah sure. Now, I'll be honest with you. Even, even for old son Sherman, they had two tackles. And remember, all they had two starting tackles, right and left, for both sides of the D one schools. Mm-hmm. Both of the back- backups were signed to D one schools. <laughs> you know, well, I was like, but the two starters, one is six eight, like three twenty, and the other one is like six six, three twenty. Mm-hmm. And I said to to my son, who's all of six one, two oh five, as a defensive end, and he's and don't get me wrong, he's a good defensive end, mm-hmm. but he's six one, two oh five. I said, dude, they get their hands on you, you're done. Yeah. <laughs> I'm sorry. Yeah. Yeah. yeah <laughs> you what better, you 
chopping hands. You better use it quick. <laughs> you better be, yeah, you better be getting them hands off because they lock on you. It's a wrap. Yeah. And that's what was going on in the first quarter. Our guys didn't realize how real it was. They learned pretty quick. Mm-hmm. You better start getting up, keeping them hands off you. You better start doing, doing your, getting your fundamentals and the details of your technique right. Yeah. Because against these dudes, you're going to get close for real. It was like, first quarter looked like bowling, bowling balls hitting bowling. I was going to say, I was going to say, it's going <laughs> to be pancakes for everybody. <laughs> uh, man, that, yo, that first quarter, I think they scored like their first two touchdowns. Dude, it was like literally like bowling balls knocking down bowling pins, man. Mm-hmm. But our guys, yeah, they 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 had to pick up the level of competition, mm-hmm. and this is where I go. That battle testing is it. by design, yeah. and everybody for years has criticized us, especially Coach Burgles because he's the head coach. Mm-hmm. They criticized the daylight side of him, and we snicker and laugh behind the scenes that mm-hmm. you're sitting there laughing, but what you should be doing is copying if you were really smart about it. You know? Yeah, yeah. Now, I'll tell you, you know, over at Chapelgate, because we I had a conversation with someone uh, last week, and this is the exact same thing. Our first, we have, three, so we play Mount Carmel our first game. We play Mount St. Joe our fifth game. And we have Arundel Christian mixed in there, and then we have a tournament. So our first five games, they were like, y'all schedule Mount Carmel and Mount St. Joe in your, in your two of your first five. I said, look. One, we don't schedule them to lose, you know, so we schedule right. them because we, right. we plan on winning. Number right. two, we understand the law of averages, and it, it, out of 100 ch- chances, we might get them once. That said, right. we're never going to see anybody as good as Mount St. Joe after that game. <laughs> so, right. Right. Uh, you know, but, uh, but you know, we don't go into it saying, oh, we know we're going to lose. Let's, let, no, we're going to go in confident. We're going to go in ready, and right. we'll be battle-tested come conference play. So, so I'm with you, man. I, I love it. I mean, you got to put, you got to play the big boys and and see what happens. So, talk to me about some of your plays. Just talked about your son. He was, uh, you said he was all county last year. Yep, he's all county. Uh, first all team, all, first team all county defense. As a, as a junior, he's a senior this year. He's a senior now. Yes. Okay. And just turned seventeen. Yesterday. Yeah. He's a young pup, just like his old man. I was seventeen my freshman year at Maryland as well. Wow. Okay. Yeah. So, um. Who else do you guys have? And, you know, what, what is your son looking to play in college? I'm hoping uh, right now, because like I can say he's young uh-huh. and size wise, but he's got some, you know, like Wagner, some small schools. That's uh, a, West yeah. Virginia. He's got some of the small schools. Good school. I'm, looking at now. I'm about to take him up to Wagner to go to a game next weekend where we got an invite. But uh, we got a bunch of guys. Uh, got a guy named Rodney Nelson, uh, who's our running back, who's mm-hmm. uh Starting to get some offers, like Morgan just offered him after seeing him over at St. Francis. Nice. Uh, his brother, Nelson, who was a wide receiver for us, who had like almost, uh, I think he had like 147 yards receiving against St. Francis. Wow. So when you go where you can against that kind of competition, yeah. here we go. So here's the other reason, like we tell them, we schedule these games on purpose because who cares about your film against Delaney? <laughs> uh, no disrespect to Delaney. Sure. Who cares about your film against Lansdowne? But you turn on St. Joe film, you turn on St. Francis film in this case, every coach in the country, you make, you, you, you making big time catches against St. Francis cornerbacks. Everybody's going to go, who's number two? They right. won't know who Gavin Nelson is because we do who caught a, who got 150 yards against St. Francis of all people. Right. That's not no, no rinky dinky competition, you know? Right. So no matter what school him, you are. Um, so whether you're, I'm sorry, cut you off, whether you're Franklin or whether you're, you're IMG. 
if an right. IMG receiver is getting 150 against St. Francis, they want to know who he is. So yeah, who's that dude? That's yeah, a, that's a legitimate ball. Yeah. And so we got another dude, Makai Workman, who's a real, real uh, smooth athlete as well, receiving mm-hmm. for us. Uh, like, he went down to Florida's camp. Florida was really high on that. Wow. He down there. He's on junior. Wow. Uh, so we got some guys. We got yeah. some guys. Uh, same thing, uh, we got a guy named Connor Richard on defense, other defensive end for us. Uh, big, strong kid. Uh, had a knee injury in the spring, so he was able to come back for an extra year. Good. And uh, he's just a big, strong guy. Just in there uh, spotting him uh, the other day, squatting with five plates on each side. Just one of those kind of guys. Worked hard in the weight room, puts his time in, takes football seriously, you know. Mm-hmm. So he's probably going to get some offers as well. But we definitely yeah. got – and the future is real bright because we got some JV horses mm-hmm. that uh, we're going to be set for the next few years, to be yeah. honest. I hate to tell everybody else in the county, <laughs> but we're going to still have time. <laughs> I got to be honest. And like I said, and the beauty is I always say it's homegrown. We don't recruit. Uh-huh. Sometimes guys call us or parents call us, but we don't recruit anybody. Mm. We take puppies and turn them into pit bulls. Yeah. And we got young dudes now that uh, same thing when they get in this weight room with us. Oh, this is about to get ugly. You yeah. know, like you were talking about uh, the 2018 team that won the championship. Yeah. That team I always go back to they lost in the 2016 championship game. That was the year that we had the inter- four out of the five starters on the offensive line were ninth graders. They were freshmen. And it's great. That whole team basically was basically ninth and tenth graders. Mm-hmm. So I always go back to like when 2013 was like ninth and tenth graders mainly on that team. Mm-hmm. That's why when we lost in 2012, excuse me, <clears throat> to uh, Milford Mill in the state semifinals. And everybody was like, man, I'm sorry. To you. I said, dude, you ain't got to be sorry for us. Mm-hmm. We're about to win two championships in a row. There's nothing but freshmen and sophomores on this team. Yeah. I said, the next two years, everybody's in trouble, man. Because, dude, all we're going to do is get better from here. Mm-hmm. That's where we are right now with Franklin. We're really young right now. That's right. the crazy thing. We're, we're, we're playing with house money again. Yeah, Because we're a young team. We're real, a young, inexperienced team. I've, I've been saying from day one, we're young and dumb. We're going to make mm-hmm. a thousand mistakes. But with that said, but if we coach them up, like we know how to make the meal. We know we got groceries. We just got to make sure we sprinkle some seasonings and stir the pot, do what we got to do to make it taste right. We got enough talent to go win another state championship. Yeah. And we're, we're trying to put it together now. We're working on it, man. But we got enough to get it done, I believe. Yeah. You know, we'll see. You know, it's like you said earlier, man. And my expression is this, like, we got to play. We don't go on in games expecting to lose. So I always say, no matter what, if we're good or bad, it's not Pokemon. It's not like we pull out cards and go, oh, you got a 15-point card. <laughs> I got a 30-point card. So that means I win based on our rosters. It doesn't mm-hmm. work that way. Right. We got to go play a football game. So, you know, as long as we do what we're supposed to do, keep getting better every day. Yeah. I really believe we got what it takes, even with this young group of guys we got. Yeah. And there's lessons learned in, in, in losses as well. So. Uh, all right, coach. Well, I'll be rooting for you. Who you guys have? So Friday night, September twenty fourth. Uh, uh, tomorrow night we got uh, Perry Hall, and then okay. next week we got your guys, Catonsville. Yeah. As I finally found, like I told you earlier. Yeah, yeah. I, I know you're <laughs> like not going to look ahead you, to man, that. I don't know the schedule. Yeah, no. You, you, we talked about. It. You said I don't know. All I know is Perry Hall. That's, that's the only thing on my radar. That's, that's how it should hey, be. But you think you're coming to the Catonsville game? I'm going to see if I can. My brother's coming in town that night, so I got to see what time he'll be here. 
Uh, so right. I, I'm going to try to, cause that's at your place. I, I believe, I know you don't, you probably don't even know. Right. I haven't even looked, right? <laughs> <laughs> I'm sorry to say, but no, right it's, it's all good. But, but, uh, but yeah, those comments down there have uh, thrown three straight shutouts. So, uh, so I, I, I'm looking forward to that, that contest with you guys. Um, I think that'll be a, a great game. I, I believe that game is at Franklin. So if you're listening, uh, whether you have a, a dog in that fight or not, you know, that's going to be a fun game. Um, you know, Catonsville is looking really, like I said, three straight shot. I think they won. It'd be Randallstown seven, nothing. I forgot. They beat up on someone bad. Maybe Delaney. I think Delaney, maybe I can't remember 50, nothing. Right. And then they beat Towson, I think 35, nothing or something like mm. that. So, um, so they're pitching a couple shutouts. They got a good defense. So, uh, I don't know what they look like. I mean, they're four a, so that's, that's one, okay. one little bit different, but, that means nothing to you guys, I know. Because <laughs> you guys, you guys, you guys, you guys will play the Terps. <laughs> yeah, no, they'll be a tough opponent, I'm sure, man. Kingsville, they they've beaten us before in the past, so yeah, they're definitely a respectable opponent, no doubt about it. Yeah, yeah. So it'll be good. I mean, I well, I think it'll be good. Just again, like you said, looking at the Pokemon cards, it'll be good. But we'll right. see what happens when uh when you guys roll well, out. But, but we're lucky we're not playing at Cadence. Because if I if I can real quick to say to you, years ago when Cates were upset us one time, about maybe six, seven years ago, we were playing there. And when we got to the field, none of their guys were on the field and they were playing the soft Calypso music. And, you know, like the steel drums. Uh-huh. And I'm telling you, it literally lulled us right to sleep. Everybody was out there literally yawning. I'm dead serious. And it was like we got off to the worst part I've ever seen. Like we're fumbling kickoffs. We were down twenty-one nothing before we could even blink, and they wow. literally beat. I think they ended up beating us like twenty-eight to fourteen. Or they they upset us and they put a whooping on us because wow. we literally didn't wake up till halfway through the second quarter. Mm-hmm. So hopefully we're playing at Franklin, yeah. so we don't have a repeat of that. <laughs> <laughs> you know, y'all got it. <laughs> yeah, that'll be fun. I, and I'm a fan of yours, Coach. So I can tell you that too. Thank so uh, be rooting for you guys. Thank you for having me. Yeah, so you. I just I, I got three quick hitter. Oh, before well, let me ask this too. You still follow the Terps? Of course. Okay. Of course, man. I still rock for my Terps. The kids okay. in the building though. The only thing I wear is Franklin gear or I wear University of Maryland gear. I wear nothing else. There I don't wear any Nike, no Adidas. I don't wear no labels. I don't care nothing about that. Yeah. It's either my Terps or it's Franklin High School. That's all I wear. I love so it. I always rock for my Terps, coach. I just got a teacher who's got to wear a Terps shirt uh, in school. Because they lost to West Virginia. I mean, they are West Virginia lost to us. Mm-hmm. So I always represent for the Terps at there all times. Trust all me. right. All right. Love it. All right. So three quick hitter questions, and then uh I'll let you get out of here and, and go watch some Thursday night football and, and wish you the best of luck. So um uh, thanks. Your three favorite football memories. Oh wow. Three favorite. All right. Mm, that's a tough one, but I, I I'm gonna try. I'm gonna start in Little League when I play for the Pikesville Wildcats, when my stepfather, kind of favorite and a funny one, when he told me he was going to whip my you-know-what if I messed up the snap because I was the center. <laughs> and we were in the championship game, and I was supposed to snap, uh, the direct snap to the, to my tailback for a sweep, and I was supposed to pull and leave him. And he was like, if you mess up the snap, when I get home, I'm going to whip you behind. Uh-huh. So needless to say, the snap was perfect, and I pulled out there and got a pancake block, and we won the championship game. <laughs> but the motivation factor was high. <laughs> yeah. I wasn't going to get that whooping when I got home, trust me. So somebody was getting destroyed. 
was gonna yeah, be a that was gonna be a long favorite, ride back favorite. to Garrison. Oh heck yeah, man! And then my favorite Maryland moment—that's a tough one because there's a lot of them there. But I'm, I'm gonna say, uh, wow, man, uh, that's a tough one here. But I'm gonna say my fir- favorite Maryland moment. I'm gonna say it was my one of my first games. It was my introduction to the Maryland West Virginia um, rock. Mm. When I saw a guy get hurt for West Virginia and he was laying on the field and he had a ba- uh, neck injury and they were putting him off on the stretcher. And I never forget that uh, I started to clap my hands and guys looked at me and said, what are you doing, dude? And I was like, yeah, I'm clapping my hands. I hope he's okay. Like he got a bad neck. And they cussed me out for showing, for showing concern for the guy. And I said, wow, dude. I said, I, I realize now how serious this West Virginia robbery wow. is. Wow. And then the following year, when I go, I'm going to say West Virginia again, we go to West Virginia, Mount Dare Stadium the first time. And Bruce Mesner, all ACC tackle for us, says, they used to call me Secret because my last name's Agent. Go Secret. Make sure when you go to Mount Dare Stadium, you got your helmet on coming out the tunnel. And he wouldn't tell me why. <laughs> and so fast forward, fast forward to Saturday, and we're coming out the tunnel. And I'm about 30 guys back. And I look down, and as soon as the first Maryland turf hit the turf, there's nothing but wild turkey and Jim Beam and Jack Daniels bottles raining down out of the stands. <laughs> Coins, batteries. Needs to say, I put, I, had, I put my helmet on real quick there. But that whole West Virginia, Maryland robbery, nothing like playing in that craziness. Absolute insanity. It's pure hatred on both sides. Jeez. Both sides absolutely had pure venom for each, each other. It is absolutely mutual. So I'm going to say that. And then coaching-wise, uh, easy. All three of those state championships, man. Yeah. But all three, including the one that we lost, just incredible experiences. But especially, and I'll say out of the three that we won, 2018 in particular, not because it was the third one, because really we should have won four in a row. We could make that argument at one point. 2012 to 2015, we should have won all of those. Mm-hmm. But it was our fault that we didn't. But in 2018, when we kicked the field goal to win at the end, mm-hmm. and I wasn't even looking at the field. I walked over to some of our old parents, uh, Evan and Eric Ostra, who uh, they, uh, they used to play for us, went and played for Shepherd University. Mm-hmm. Uh, Eric still plays there now. I went over to them who were just there to watch the game. And I said, yo, I can't even look at this. I'm just going to look at y'all and see what the reaction is. And I stared in their faces as the ball is getting kicked behind me. And I saw them eyes light up and the whole crowd. Jump. And then I just turned and don't, I don't know what I did, what I said, what I was doing. I just was running mm-hmm. and yelling something and hugging and crying and jumping up and down. That was an incredible feeling. All of them were the same way of that whole incredible joy and tears and, and telling them guys how much we love them and appreciate them. But 2018, you about to get me crying, was just amazing. <laughs> just the yeah. joy that we had in that locker room yeah. after that game when we kicked that field goal. The way we danced in that locker room. Mm. Oh, my goodness. I still got videos and pictures that my son still sends me to this day where he was just a young kid, technically mm. at that point, that happened to be there and was shooting his little cell phone videos as he was there supporting his dad, yeah. just being part of the experience. That was awesome, you know? So that's my ones right there. I'm sorry if I was long. No, man, this is your show. Yeah. I, I'm lo- I'm loving this. Um, yeah. And I remember watching that moment. I was watching the, the state championship mm-hmm. on TV when, when he kicked that. I still remember that. So very cool moment. 
Very cool. Uh, all right, three, t- two more questions. Three, right. three toughest defensive linemen you played against. <laughs> easy, easy. First one, Michael Dean Perry. Remember Refrigerator Perry? Yeah. His little brother, who also <laughs> played Clemson, who was the ACC Defensive Player of the Year, and he went. Uh, was the first round pick of the Cleveland Browns, and was the AFC Defensive Player of the Year one year. Wow! Absolutely thrashed me in the game, destroyed me. I did everything I could, to, but he didn't get a sack on me. Uh-huh. They because uh, they had an outside linebacker Kevin Mack who was all ACC. He mm-hmm. hurt his knee in the first series. They mm-hmm. took him from the defensive tackle over my head as the left tackle and put him as the stand-up outside linebacker, and nobody could stop him. So all I was doing was holding him, diving on the back of his legs. I was doing anything and everything I could to keep him off my quarterback. I was cheating everywhere I could. Yeah. So the next day in film, my coach was just like, secret, I got to be honest with you, man. It wasn't pretty. You graded out like – I think I might have graded out like in 30%. But he was like, you ain't give up a sack. So I got to give you credit. You bought your butt off. Yeah. But Michael Dean Perry is number one by far. Uh, John Boza, which is Nick and Joey Boza's uh, dad, oh. when he played at Boston College, along with Bill Romanowski, uh-huh. Mike Roof, all these dude, uh Them guys, oh my God, all of them were ridiculous. One of the world biggest headaches I ever had in the middle of a football game. I didn't wear a mouthpiece back then. Mm-hmm. One of the few times I ever hit human beings and literally felt pieces of my teeth coming off Ooh. in my mouth. Where I got little tiny, little gritty pieces of my teeth every time I, I made contact with Bill Romanowski. Almost, but John Boza was, he ended up being, I think, a second round pick of the Dolphins. Absolutely incredible. Mm. And he, but he caught me when I was an 18 year old redshirt freshman. Mm. I always say, if he got me when I was older, it might have been different. But when I was that 18 year old puppy, he kicked my butt all over that field that day. He really <laughs> did. And then, uh, the last one would be uh, a guy named Tim Gold, who played defensive tackle for North Carolina. Uh, was absolutely incredible as well. He ended up playing for the Patriots. Uh, it was like a second round pick as well. But out of all of them three, the best one I ever played was against Warren Powers from the University of Maryland. Warren Powers from the University of Maryland, who was a second round pick of the Denver Broncos. He and I were like great friends. He was my lifting partner. We would hang out, all, eat together, hang out, play video games together. But when we were on the field, we were arch enemies every day in practice because I'm the left tackle and he's the right defensive end. So every one-on-one drill we go against, every inside run, every team parade, it's me and him going head-to-head. So on the field, every day we got in a fight. Every day we cussed each other out. Every day (laughs) we calling each other out our names or whatever. As soon as practice will be over, we go into the weight room and go lift weights together and then go eat dinner together on the training table and then go back to the dorms and and play video games and and play spades and hang out and drink Mickey Big Mouse together. I shouldn't say that part. No, no, you <laughs> <laughs> yeah, but that was us, and we yeah. were literally just pushing each other. So out of that dude was the freakiest, most six seven, two hundred ninety pounds, the longest arms you ever seen on a human being. He was an absolute monster. But the three on different teams, those three guys I gave you before, they were yeah. abs- they kicked my butt. I got everybody else. I can say nobody kicked my butt. Them three kicked my butt. <laughs> like <it. laughs> they that's, that's good. Good memories. Wow. All right. Last question, coach. Five dinner guests that are alive. Who you bring to your table? Oh, wow. All right. Five dinner guests. Uh, 
Ooh, that's a tough one here. So first of all, Malcolm X, I would go mm. with. Uh, Prophet Muhammad would be number two. Uh, Martin Luther King, which is the obvious answer for most, but not just for the obvious reasons for me, just how did you tolerate and deal with what you dealt with, mm-hmm. you know, and be able to maintain, you know, uh, the inner fortitude mm-hmm. of not wanting to go to was that part, just wanting to know that part. Mm-hmm. I understand you were influ- influenced by Mahatma Gandhi, but how did you really internalize that anger that you mm-hmm. had to feel? That yeah. kind of treatment, you know. So I would want to know that. After those three, that's where it would start getting tough for me. Uh, I would think uh, the fourth one. I would probably. I said, "Oh man, that's a tough one here." This is gonna sound crazy. Roger Starback, just because okay. he was like one of the idols when I was growing up. Mm-hmm. Roger Starback. Because I used to just really look at him as like the all-American hero, the Uh guy that just encompassed the moral fortitude, the talent, the toughness, the never-give-upness that America is supposed to be about. So I would want to meet Roger Starback because I recently went to the Hall of Fame with my son. Mm -hmm. I went to a wedding for my nephew, and we just happened to realize it was down the street. And I can't lie, when I saw his bust, it put tears in my eyes. I was like, this is my childhood hero. Yeah, wow, beautiful. And, and then on a different note, the last one will be Jerry West. Oh, and the nice. reason being because I'm a huge Lakers fan, and Jerry West was what made me want to be a, a Lakers fan. Because when I was like eight years old in like the third grade, they had a book fair, and I didn't have money for to buy the books, so I went in and stole some books. To be honest with you, I, I, I lifted some, and one of them was the autobiography of Jerry West. And you know, how you had the in school where you got your a uh, little silent reading time. Uh-huh. Every time when we would get to silent reading time, I would pull out my Jerry West book and be reading Jerry West. And it made me a huge Lakers fan. So I would love to meet Jerry West one day as well. Wow. Uh, so that would be my five people right there. I know I'm all over the place. No, that's my ADD. This my no, this this my favorite question with with every interview because I love hearing the different, mm-hmm. you know, how people can go all over the place with it. You know, people that are important to you for your own personal reasons. So. That's great. I love that. Okay, coach. This has been great. I really appreciate this. I love the stories. Uh, Thank you, sir. You know, I appreciate you. Yeah. Well, I highly, highly respect you and, and, you know, tremendous service that you've given to children over 32 years, whether it be the classroom uh, or on the field, on the court. Um, Thank you. You know, you're, you're, you're definitely a gem and uh, think everyone should look up to you and, and aspire to your greatness Championships are championships are one thing and being a great player, but, you know, being a, a, um, a, you know, stellar person in your community to help kids is what we need more of. So thank you for that. Amen. Amen. Thank you. I I appreciate you saying that. Thanks. Yes, sir. So uh, everyone, thank you again to Mr. Mark agent, coach Mark agent. Uh, Best of luck to Franklin football this year. Hopefully you guys get that, get that title. Your son gets to, uh, have someone taking video of him as he uh, gets ready to head off next year. So I know, I know that'll be very special for you and him if, if you're able to share that together. Uh, so uh, I'll keep everybody updated on how Franklin is looking uh, as we move forward. And we'll be back with another guest on the next episode. This has been episode 33. Thank you and have a good week.